Hi, welcome to Gender Nebulas 36 with me, Miss Frida Wallace, and the lovely Victoria Hodges. I'm pointing in the right direction when I do you that. You are for once, yeah, but you <laughs> I think your fingers out outside the edge of your mm. your little box that keeps you under control. Well, I'm back in action now because been off air for a, a, a week because I had some I had some dental work done and my mouth swelled up and uh And you couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. Like women couldn't speak. So <laughs> You've been silenced by the dentist. Yeah, yeah, bloody dentists. Silencing <laughs> silencing us. Silencing women. Yeah. I don't and know. um yeah, uh, so I've been doing that and I've had a bit of I've had a bit of beauty done. Can you tell? Have you? What have you had done? I mean, you can't tell. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Go on, explain had, what you've had done. I've had my lips injected with chemicals. I'm okay. cheap. So it's just, it's quite nice. It feels, it feels weird, like a, a brand new handbag. So is that like a, <laughs> is that like a lip filler? Is it a filler? Yeah. It's like a, it's not Botox. It's a, it's no, because different... Botox is, to get rid of the lines, isn't it? But yeah, it's a filler. So it's a lip filler, and it's also you can inject yeah. it into anything that wants filling, I guess. Yeah, but I I love syringes, and when I saw a squirt, you know, with the rubber gloves, and I was like, oh yeah, put that in me. Yeah. So so what what is it that goes in there? I don't know. What the actual substance? Yeah. What is it? It's called Ristaline. No, that's for teeth. That's Do you know what? I forgot what it's called. I should have written it down. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 just it just makes it's just a chemical that makes you beautiful. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably not a chemical. It's probably like a fluid of some some sort, which is safe for you. I don't know where right. it's derived. I'm sure. I just assume it's safe. <laughs> so, how long does it last? Do you have to have it read on? Um. Well. Uh, they said about six months. So six months, okay. It's not really settled down yet because. So what, like, is it bottom lip and top lip, or? Yep. And so uh, both lips and cheeks, cheekbones. Uh, okay. Yeah, and just here a little bit. But the lady was really good, and she was telling me like, she's she was a bit of a saleswoman, but she's lovely. And she was saying you can have this, you know, you just come back to me when you want anything else. And she was telling me about other procedures they can do. I said, like, "Oh my god!" They're like, sign me up. <laughs> I'll pay you. I'll pay you a fee every month, and I'll come back for something different. I can't imagine it's cheap. Uh, no, no, no. We don't. We don't start talking about that. No, it's but it's a little treat for myself, you know, because um, I, I did want. I did think about having like facial feminization surgeries and things like that, but really, they're so expensive, aren't they? And just a little bit of something gives you a bit of confidence and a boost. I think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying I advocate for it. I'm just saying it's something that makes me feel nice. Yeah, if it makes you, know. you feel better. Go for it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's quite expensive. <laughs> but everything is nowadays. <laughs> yeah, anything. Yeah, like that is. So, what have you been up to? Oh God, let me think. Working. I've been working, okay. and I've been working, yeah. and I've been sleeping, and I've been working. I mean, yeah, that's it. So nothing particular. You've not been anywhere, or had my nails done yesterday. See, had that my is eyebrows exciting. done yesterday. That's exciting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Show me your nails. They did lilac. Yeah, like a lilac-y. I've had a disaster. Pinky Look at color. this. Can you see my? I don't know if you can see on the. Oh, you've lost one. Yeah. See, I, I these are. 
These are not acrylics. These are just gels. I just got to remember we're doing an audio. Don't last like three weeks. We do an audio podcast as well, don't we? So you know, we're talking about things you can see on the screen at the moment. (laughs) So I'm really sorry, but I look gorgeous, and I've lost a nail in a fight with a duvet cover. So right, that tells you all you need to know. (laughs) So uh, yeah, the first topic we've got, we're going. We we cover a lot of pink news, don't we? Because I think we do. Pink news seems to be the the source of most of our stories because yeah, not everybody else really covers it. So let me let me. let me magically shrink us down to our small selves. There we go. Well, there is there is a, a thing with pink news where they do they, they do good stuff. I mean, for me, there are there are there are a couple of good news sources, and one of them is pink news, and the other one I always go to is Byline Times because the people and, and Vice obviously. Yeah, Vice the, International News is quite good. There are some really good writers. Um, there's probably I others. Was... I don't know if there's any others, but those are the ones I kind of look at. But they, but they are the only thing. Sometimes the only voices that are actually in support of us. You know, they don't have a. Yeah, BBC, ITV sometimes have half, BBC's half decent ones. Yeah, but um, Channel Four has some good ones now and again. But yeah, it's mainly pink news. Yeah. So, so the so... first story is about. So let me, uh, let me bring go. Let me bring the first topic in here. Here we go. Kathleen Stark and Julie Bindle, and I think a couple of other fringe uh, trans exclusionists have come out with the Lesbian Project. Oh, now, uh, interestingly, the Lesbian Project seems to set itself aside from being part of other, you know, LGBT group. This is what they're trying to divide themselves from the LGBTQI acronym, aren't they? The same way that LGB Alliance do, and it's to say we we the, what what they're actually saying is we don't agree with the T and the Q and anything past yeah, that. So it was the... it was this this lesbian project. It was a, a group created exclusively for cisgender lesbians in reaction mm-hmm. to trans inclusion in LGBTQ spaces. Yeah, and the really but... funny thing is here that <laughs> on their new website there's a there's an image of two people and. They just happen to be a trans and non-binary person. Mm. So yeah, that's a bit of a, an error. <laughs> it's so stupid, it's so ironic. You know, here's a here's a website which is trying to exclude trans and non-binary. And what do they go and do? They go yeah. and use an image, a stock image of a trans mm. and non-binary person on their prestigious new website. Yeah, just I mean, I'm aware that not everybody knows the history of Kathleen Stock and Julie Bindle and what they do. I mean, they they've got a long kind of history now of writing thesis and obviously Kathleen, Kathleen Stock wrote the book Material Girls, which is basically a collection of arguments against non-binary and trans identity. It's like a, it's, 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 uh, I just find it like she's looking for bias that supports that view and that's how it works. And obviously Julie Bindle is, is the same kind of, she, she, she writes, stories that frame trans people as, as a threat that's what, what a job seems to be mm. so this you know i'm, I'm just it, it 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 pleases me that this has happened because it's just so it's exactly the kind of daft thing that would happen to them because they're so blinded by their own single-minded authoritarian purist kind of vision of what they want the world to be that they oversight they oversee and miss out a bit of of their own publicity and you know it just plays into that 
Yeah, I mean, it yeah, just it just to me it just shows that you know you couldn't even find some real pictures. You had to go and get stock pictures, and you chose the wrong ones. Yeah, and obviously, I've I mean, Julie Bindle this week has said that I've called her ugly on Twitter, and I find it really childish. Yeah, you know? I'm sure that was. You know what? What are you on about? I mean, like I I I. I'm going to address this now because I maybe, have maybe about... she's maybe you've said she's used ugly language. Yeah, I yeah. think I have, but I have. I mean, I've never, I never ever, well, especially to anybody. I never, I never refer to anybody as ugly. But yeah. by saying that, what what the her tweet does is it actually calls me ugly. It's like saying, "Oh, look at the state of." Because she mentioned India Willoughby, and the, what the what the actual angle of that tweet is is, "Oh, look at these two calling me ugly. Look at the state yeah. of them." Yeah, <laughs> it's that's like, what she said. Like, it's like it's just schoolyard, schoolyard like, bullying. You know, it's so sick, and it didn't work out well for her because people support me and say, "Go give us the evidence, Julie," and obviously dead silence then from her. Yeah. So anyway, that's th- a bit this, of a side issue. This lesbian project was launched 9th of March by yeah Kathleen Stock, Julie Bindle. and I, and it's also and got it's also got the tennis uh, star Martina Navratilova. Yeah, Martina Navratilova yeah. as as a patron. Um, and, and what does she have in common with them? It's not lesbians, is it? It's about being trans exclusionary. Uh, this is yeah. why I keep posting. You know, when we were in the LGBT Foundation office last week. And I was doing, I was picking up that that those new resources and educational things. Well, the thing on the wall says dykes for trans rights. Yeah. That's amazing, you know, and I've, I've, I keep posting that because that, that's. So since this launch, I mean, these two have been on LBC, Woman's Hour, Telegraph, GB News, etc. Mm. Yeah. To explain how they and other lesbians are being silenced and erased from society. Well, this is the one thing the BBC keep doing, and it's very infuriating because they think that they they. Well, how can you be erased and silenced from society when you've been on pretty much every news show that's out there? That's I, I'm just the, when they're on shows like Woman's Hour, they can be moderate and they can seem to the casual listener like, oh, actually, Kathleen Stark might have a point there because lesbians do need space and lesbians should have their own representation. That's not what Kathleen Stock is saying. She is saying she doesn't want to be included in in the bigger, more inclusive picture of what you know pride events and things like that. That it's an it's a it's um it's a kind of ultra conservative view of what it is to be a lesbian, and I can't talk necessarily about it you know, about that because you know I, I I know lesbians that are very vocal about that, and I would always say this is your flaw. You know, this is your your experience more than mine, obviously. But for someone like Kathleen Stark, she she would assume that I am co-opting the role of a lesbian or I am uh, invading the space of a lesbian. It, it always has to be that kind of aggressive language with them, because if they if if they actually said if they actually did succeed in this. What what how are they gonna how they're gonna have group meetings? How are they gonna check who's a lesbian for real and who isn't? Uh, what what she's a bi woman? What if she's, you know, just coming out as lesbian and she, you know, it's not gonna be a very inclusive no. atmosphere if you have to prove that you're a lesbian to Kathleen Stock. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's I'd, ridiculous. I, I think I'd much rather be involved in something like LGBT foundations. Exactly, because you can also you can always find your own little niche within that umbrella. Yeah. You don't have to go out. You know, you know what we know what we know what motivates these people. Yeah. Anyway, 
I just thought it was ironic, you know, using those pictures. It's just yeah, like, it's funny. It's, it's just, <laughs> I mean, they, I mean, LGB Alliance uh, do this kind of thing all the time, don't they? Where they they think they've they've got something sewn up and they've got their own, their own, they've made that post that is like the killer oh, yeah, post. Talk about sh- shooting yourself in, your, in the foot. Yeah. yeah, they're always doing it because you know when you are when you have to be that single minded about your vision or or puritanical, you, that's when you slip up. Because you can never be this. You can never be that uh, consistent. Really, human beings are flawed, contradictory, and hypocritical. That's what makes us human. You know. <laughs> right. This next story is uh, our friend Joe. Oh, Joe, Joe Biden. So what's he up to this week? <laughs> well, Joe Biden slams Ronda DeSantis' cruel attacks on LGBTQ. You, you plus... say Ronda. DeSantis, but but the drag name is Ronda Santis. Yeah, well, I'm I'm calling Ron DeSantis. Ronda DeSantis. My drag name is your drag name is slightly different. Yeah. Mm. So you know, Joe Joe has slammed Ronda uh, for their cruel attacks on LGBTQ rights as close to sinful. I'm not quite sure. I would have said close to sinful. I Mm. think I would have said yeah, it's very sinful. I'd say it's abhorrent. Abhorrent, yeah. Um, I think using the word sinful kind of... Kind of. I think I think what's behind this is the fact that Rhonda is, is probably it, going to be the person that Joe's up against in the next election if yes. Rhonda, you know, gets the um, Republican backing instead of Trump. Yeah. So maybe that's yeah. what's behind but it. I don't know. It's looking increasingly more like it is going to be Rhonda, but... Um, She's not good news for us, by the way. You're going to obviously see the ramping up of rhetoric against us. And obviously, we've already seen the clear use of the LGBT um, rhetoric against us. Like it's, uh, they they use, they'll they'll weaponize anything to scare voters into voting for them. So if they can find instances, of drag queens dancing in front of scared oh, yeah, anything, children. Anything that, they will weaponize. Yeah. And that's what these accounts on Twitter are all about. It's like a sort of uh, psyop that are, certain accounts are boosted and there are some that will be just completely bot-driven. And it's all about scaring uh, fence-sitting voters into voting for them. And if they can provide evidence that, oh, you know, this the, the world's going mad, the world's going woke, and we are the solution to that, they'll use that. And that's all it's about. They don't have any answers. They just want let me, power. Let me just read out some of the article here. It's the will um, to power, isn't it? The Democratic president made the comments during an interview with the, the Daily Show's Cal Penn. I guess that's some US show. Um, he specifically commented on the volume of anti-LGBTQ plus legislation being proposed and enacted in Florida. Uh, What's going on in Florida is, as my mother would say, close to sinful, Joe Biden said. It's just terrible what they're doing. The worrying wave of so-called anti-work legislation has been spearheaded by Florida Governor Ronda DeSantis, who who has enacted and advocated policy restricting LGBTQ rights. Mm. So, I mean... We've, seen... we've spoken about Ronda in the past, haven't we? I mean, he's doing some pretty awful things with laws well, in Florida. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure who the other candidates are yet um, for a presidential election, so I need to look at that. 
But I don't think it's going to be Trump because Trump's, even though Trump... Well, Trump's been there, hasn't he? He's done it. I'm not sure I'm not sure the he, Democrats are going to want to go down that road again. Because he's a liability. You know Sorry, what the I mean? Republicans, he's, not the Democrats. I mean, they're all a liability, but I think the way, the way that Trump... Um, embarrasses them it, it, a little bit too much. It's a bit like how exactly. it's like some people like to pretend they're moderate, where and hide behind that. Where Trump kind of exposes it all as a bit of a farce, and that's why Trump appeals to people in a way. It's like there are there are some people who probably don't care about politics that much will, will want Trump because it's entertainment. It's all it's almost like politics is a kind of entertainment now. So there will be people cheering on Trump who work in the media, who work in, you know, in uh, newspapers because it sells stuff. And yeah, that's I mean, just, where... just just to kind of get back to that point about all the laws that have been that have been passed in the US recently. It, you know, it says Florida encapsulates the anti-LGBTQ rhetoric in the US today. Almost four hundred bills targeting LGBTQ rights. Mm have been proposed across the US since the beginning of 2023, easily surpassing last year's total of 306. Mm. You know, this is according to data collected from the American Civil Liberties Union. Well, you've also got to look at, you know, women's reproductive rights in this. Yeah, everything there, there are women suing, the suing Texas uh, state because they've been denied abortions where they, which could have been like, the, the pregnancy was life-threatening or... You know, it's, this this was like the first sign of, to me, when that Roe versus Wade uh, ruling was overturned, that the people that Trump has now put into, a bit like the way Boris put those idiots in charge of, in our cabinet, they these are the people, this is how, you know, uh, things go, slip very easily into a kind of authoritarian and nationalistic, rhetoric and, and and then the damage of that is minorities or women who, who just want to access healthcare in the same way trans people do in the same way anybody does really yeah you know it's like a I filtering mean, filtering down of of hate yeah after after becoming 46th governor of florida in 2019 DeSantis almost immediately began a campaign against anything he deemed woke which is anything that furthers the rights of marginalized mm. people. This includes vetoing almost $900,000 worth of funding for victims of the 2016 Pulse Massacre, lodging complaints against drag queens, appointing anti-LGBTQ plus pundits to various school committee boards, and rescinding rights for Disney. <laughs> so he's like, mm. he's on a campaign, you know, of uh, anti-wokeness, as they call it. Yeah, it's just that... That's what you hear all the time now, isn't it? On, um, I mean, the BBC don't say it, but that's what they mean when they start talking about having more balanced views from the right. It's like, no, you don't. There's no balance there. You're just you using, like, I, 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 I talk about the BBC a lot because I listen to a lot of BBC Radio Four, and what I've noticed is this wokery idea, which GB News Talk TV will talk about with abandon. You know, they just say, oh, you know you know trans people are taking over basically but the BBC, what the bbc do it they do it in a much i think they do it in a more dangerous way because we can laugh at the B, we, we can laugh at talk tv and we can laugh at gb news to an extent but the bbc are presenting something that has some kind of authority so and the way the presenters do it 
as we've seen with Gary Lineker just recently, they're not allowed to have an opinion, but they do because they will platform people who are having the opinion for them. It's much, it's much more subtle on the BBC. It's yeah. it's cloak and dagger. Yeah, so, like, if I was, imagine if I was a producer at the BBC and uh, and I was working with a presenter, I would say like, you can't say you support this, but we found somebody that does. But in that meeting, that presenter will have an opinion, but he can't have it, or she can't have it on air. So what will happen is in that meeting pre-production, it's already decided who's you know, what they support. So it's like there was an instance uh, on Radio 4 this week. There's a show called uh, Antisocial. Now, on that show, they were talking about sex education in schools. And one of the guests was from a lobby group called Save Our Schools. The the Save Schools Alliance, right? Which sounds, on the face of it, sounds, yeah, everybody wants to save schools. But there are the anti-LGBT lobby group that are campaigning to bring back Section 28. Now, the other guest was a teacher, just a teacher. Just she's not representing any group. She doesn't have the power to represent a you know a union. She doesn't have any other interests but teaching children about sex. And those two people were put together as if it was balance. So I complained. I actually wrote to the BBC about that because so that's not balance. That's a powerful lobby group with a lot of funding being put in a room with somebody that has to defend. Yeah, putting up against one teacher. And that happened to our friend Steph because she was on that show previously when they were talking about that trans prisoners. Oh, was that the show? I can't remember the name of the show. Was it that? It's called Antisocial. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the presenter... Oh, uh, gosh, names do escape me. So it's a bit like a radio podcast uh, Ian Flem- thing. Uh, Adam it? Fleming, I think he's called. Radio, it's like a podcast thing, isn't it? Mm. On radio. And, and is what it? Adam, what? Which radio yeah, what? station is it on? Is radio it? 4. 4, yeah. And um, what Adam Fleming does is he, he plays the role of a kind of mediator. But he's not. Because but he's not, the, yeah, I've listened to him. He's not. He's not a mediator yeah, because he's, he's he's on one side slightly. Yeah, he's not. It's not that he's on one side slightly. He's working for the organisation that has put a lobby group in the way of somebody that just teaches children about sex. And the woman that was on that, Tanya, oh, Tanya Smith, I think it was something like. But she's been on GB News. When, when was this on? To, then I'm going to have a listen to this. She's been on LGB Alliance panels. Was this so, on this uh, week? Yeah. Uh, right, this was up. not this was not brought up at all in the discussion. So as far as the public are concerned, who don't understand this stuff, they're they're listening to a lady who wants to keep schools safe. Safe from what? Teaching them about gay people. That's what she's actually getting at. Yeah. Anyway, I know that's that. That was a bit of a tangent, but I was talking about the way the media, um, and you know, you know I'm just getting a, back to the BBC. I mean, we've had the Gary Lineker thing, and then we've also had. The um, question time thing with Fiona Bruce, haven't we? You know, we're yeah. talking about... So the, the BBC, I mean, the, the thing with Gary Lineker, it really did expose it to a, a wider audience, a football crowd, who actually like Gary Lineker because he's a decent guy. You know, he's he's, he's not a, he's not an arsehole. And they, well, I, I mean, I think they've come to some arrangement now. I'm not sure what it is. He's back on TV tonight. But, he should, but is he going to back down now and stop tweeting? That's what I'm But what about. he said is that he's not going to tweet whilst the BBC reviews its policy on you see that that's terrible Gary Lineker if well 
Well, I'm not Gary Lineker. So but he's agreed I... to do that until they've done the review and then he'll, I guess, you see decide the, what to do. To me, the moral thing to have done there for Gary Lineker is said, stuff your job. You know, I don't want to work. Yeah, I would have watched. If, if I was Gary Lineker, I would have watched. I mean, he loves thing. football, so I bless him. You get, I mean, I, it's not like he's, like he's going to be unemployed. I think I, he'll be in talks now with other broadcasters. Yeah, you may, he, you may well see him disappear over the next few months. I don't know how long a BBC contract is, obviously. But if that's up for renew, I don't think he's got... Because the BBC... He's gonna get, he could get a much better deal or somewhere like that. But the Sky, BBC could make a lot more money. But the BBC have shot themselves in the foot yet again. Well, I mean, the point I was making is not just what happened with Gary Lineker. There was another incident with Fiona Bruce. Mm. There's been other incidents in the past. You know, the, the chairman and the, I don't know, the... The head of the BBC, there's still this issue about loaning money to the Conservatives yeah, or yeah, donating still... money to Conservatives, loaning money to Boris Johnson. I mean, that's that's not been resolved. You know, no. that, what are you but, doing about that? But people kind of hope... Supposed to be... Those people... Yeah. Yeah, the, the people in power, they hope those stories will just go away. Well, they won't. And they do, you know. That's not going to go away, that one. I, I think I think he's going he's gonna to be stepping down pretty soon, that guy. I mean, the BBC are complicit in covering things up because they don't suit the government's agenda. That's just, it's a known fact. You know, like when you when you listen to the Today Show in the morning with Nick Robinson, when he has Michael Gove on or Jeremy Hunt, it's, it's like their mates having a drink around the pub. It's not like he's a journalist interrogating them and... It's like he's having a nice chat with his mates, which he is, because they all meet in the same places. And if you're going to have something like the BBC, it has to be totally independent of politics, doesn't it? I mean, it has mm. to be yeah. okay, it, like a an organisation that is not involved in politics, is not controlled by the government of the day. Mm. No, you you've got to totally a... separate it, and then it's and then it can be. You, then you can claim that it's independent, but I mean, you've still got to look at who runs it and who. You know what its mm. political leanings are. I, I, you know it's very difficult to find any news organisation that doesn't is, lean one way yeah. or the other. Maybe Reuters is a good example of how it should be. Yeah, this is one thing. Another another thing about the media and the BBC and all that is a uh, Rupert Murdoch's empire. Now it, it's like it's all. I know I I'm first to criticise Rupert Murdoch, and you know no no one person should have that much power over the media. But actually, Rupert Murdoch isn't necessarily the bogeyman in this story, it's the BBC. Because the way the BBC want us to think about Rupert Murdoch is they're always doing these documentaries about him. But Rupert Murdoch was actually one of the first people to expose government corruption. And it was it was that Perfumo affair. And he serialised the diaries of Christine Keeler. And the government just wanted that story to go away. But, but Rupert Murdoch wouldn't let it. And whatever motivations Rupert Murdoch had, I don't sure. I don't think it was speaking truth to power. I think it was speaking truth to his own power. But the point is, the BBC likes to play. Like you'll hear on talk TV all the time, and on talk, on GB News about, oh, we need to scrap the license fee, get rid of the BBC. That's their whole mantra because that you know Murdoch is part of that that news world that the BBC likes to think it's better than. Or above, but really, they're not. The BBC are just as corrupt and scummy. Yeah, they, <laughs> they need separating from politics. They need separating from this kind of uh, 
It's a bit like the separation of church and state, isn't yeah, it? Like the dissolution, dissolution of the uh, newsrooms. <laughs> yeah, and that you know, it's always Lord something or Lady something that's in charge of these things. You know, it's always tying you mm. back into those kind of. Yeah, there's always a batshit baroness poking yeah. around. That all needs to stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. I went, I, yeah, I went off a bit of a ramble there, but, uh, but I think, I, I think <clears throat> the reason was is because we know that with with the lead up to general election and a and a, and a presidential election, we're going to see this ramping up, and that's what yeah. it's going to. So the, you've got to keep your eye on these next two stories. Bit of a content warning here because they're both talking yeah, about trigger warning, suicide. Seriously, serious stuff here. Um, so this, probably, go on. This, this first one, um, mm. Eden Knight. Saudi trans woman dies by suicide after being forced to detransition. Now, I think this is a story of somebody who was living in the States and was um, kind of forced to move back to Saudi. I'll just read out some of the, uh, the article here. So trans woman Eden Knight took her own life after allegedly being forced to detransition by members of her family. Mm. Reports of Knight's death were confirmed online by family members after she posted an essay entitled Final Message on her social media. Mm. Her body was reportedly found by her family who referred to the death of a young man on Monday the 13th of March. Knight, 23, who lived in the US until last year, said in a Twitter post on Monday, seemingly scheduled in advance, mm. that she had killed herself after being pressured into returning to Saudi Arabia then denied access to her hormone medication. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, you know, the, the Post alleged that her parents hired American fixers and Saudi lawyers to yeah. take her back to the Middle East. This family have clearly got connections and a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know anything much hands. about family or or this yeah, person, I, I was, but I was, it's a really, I, a really sad story. God, it's so, it's horrific. It, when I heard about this story, I was actually watching a live stream of somebody that talks about trans issues quite a lot. And it kind of came up in the chat, and I thought well, it was like a breaking news story. And the pay and the newspaper that broke it was the Independent. I thought that's a bit unusual because, like, the Independent and a very are a very establishment, right leaning kind of news outlet. So, it, so it, it interested me to, why it came to them first. So that tells you a little bit about this story and the power of that family and the connections. But the art of this story is just a tragedy of a, a young person does commit suicide. And and we got, this is like a tip of the iceberg story because for every one of them that's, you know, she was well-known on Instagram. She was, you know, she, she had this, it's, new, it's newsworthy because of her connections. And, but there'll be lots of people that are suffering in that same way that you don't have to be a Saudi family to to have bigotry in it or do you know what I mean or of of very restrictive ideas of what is acceptable and how you express yourself that can happen in any family and it happens all the time now not everybody not everybody will go to the extreme of suicide but they will let me me just read out some of the stuff that she was um they will alter the behavior won't they to fit in according to her message she was contacted by fixers in the summer of 2022 to discuss the divide between her and her conservative Muslim parents. At the time, she'd been living with her friend um, Bailey Dawes after moving 
to the US to study should come out as trans during the COVID-19 lockdown. Mm. After after talking to the fixers online, Eden moved to temporary housing in Washington, D.C., alleged that she was coerced into detransitioning with the promise of shelter and food. Um, Eden alleged that agents showed her examples of feminine men claiming they were hiding the desire to, the desire the desire to transition and it was somehow better this way. Mm. Additionally, she claimed they can they consistently berated her while saying that she looked like a man, which she said caused her to have a mental breakdown. Feeling yeah. the pressure, Eden Knight wrote that the only option was to detransition and return home. Mm. You know, so it's it's obvious that she was under a lot of pressure by these yeah. whoever these yeah. people were. You know, yeah, it's just extreme it's kind extremely of extremely distressing. And, you know, in, we know in some families um, that women are, you know, it's a it's a patriarchal family situation, and they take over the control of that and. Yeah, you know that this exists in this country as it does in any, and it's like people, like I said, people might not take that extreme choice of committing suicide, but they'll they'll be they'll they'll be depressed and they won't function properly in society because people are not allowing them to express what it is they want to express, and it's as simple as that, isn't it? It's like oppression. Yeah, and the other and the and the other trigger warning story is another. So suicide. this next story is a yes, it's a trans woman who fled, who fled Russia, who died. Yeah. Uh, was it in a Dutch camp, a refugee? So a trans camp, woman yeah. who fled Russia dies by suicide in Dutch refugee camp. Mm-hmm. Um, a young Russian trans woman reportedly took her own life in a refugee camp in the Netherlands after fleeing her anti-LGBTQ yeah. homeland. Yeah. I think her name is pronounced Hina, Hina Zakharova. Zaharova, twenty-one, died on the evening twenty-seventh February in refugee camp uh, in the northern Dutch town of Drachten, I think it's called, mm. according to information shared by Dutch LGBT asylum support. Um, you have to be incredibly like resilient to. I mean, yeah. to imagine be, to, being in a refugee I camp. Mean, we we are so. I mean, we we complain, don't we, about turfs on Twitter and shit like that? But it's it's. It puts everything into perspective, doesn't it? Because the, you know, all you've got to do is speak out and be anti-war or be, you know, put in the wrong place or be have the accident of being born in the wrong place, and your life is just completely parallel to what we deal with. And it's um, like I'm not. I would never play down any bigotry in this country. Obviously, we see the rise. We we've got our eyes on the rise of the authoritarians and the far right. We can observe it because we, it's reported, and it, there's a lot of transparency in some places. <laughs> there's, the news is just what your. It's like we talked about the BBC being, you know, but they are. I mean, they're not. They're nowhere near as what what Russia is like. Russian tanks will bomb transmitters. If they think there's anything going out that the government doesn't approve of, yeah, pretty extreme. But imagine, imagine if the BBC behaved like that. <laughs> I mean, we're a bit far away from that, but the BBC are going in that direction. That's the general step, you know, incremental. I'd say we're quite low down on the increments, but if you do follow that path and say yeah. the BBC was <clears> the only, you know, so let me just read a bit more of this article here. 
she had reportedly applied for asylum in in the Netherlands in December. It's been suggested that she had trouble accessing hormone treatment um, and antidepressant medication while in the camp. Mm. Um, when people say camp, it just makes me. I know. Well, it's sort of like refugee <sighs> camp processing yeah, centre. I'm not sure. You know, because exactly you know, was. we know that that word to me has so much. Oh. No, it's a second person um, in the in the previous six weeks who's who's died by suicide in the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah, and like I said, you know, like we're talking about this because we're covering trans issues and these stories come on our radar. But for every well, person second like refugee who's who's died by suicide, yeah. So, so this is the tip of the iceberg, isn't it? Because it is. this is what we know about. This is what we're allowed, or the the has leaked out, or. So, so for every story like this, there might be hundreds of others that, and what do you, what can you do? You know, that's like we can sit here and conjecture about bloody um, Russian being horrible or whatever, or try and have a political stance on the Ukraine and all that. But really, you know, these, these are human stories that seem to have always existed and no, they never go away, do they? It's like... There's always one country power hungry against another, and then the the casualties of that are always, you know, just twenty one year old trans girls. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. 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 So the, but, another another content warning for this next story. Actually, this is about fascists. Oh gosh. So, yeah. Uh, just. Uh... You see that. Coming so, off the I mean, back that of... image, that yeah. image there on the screen there, that is, you know, it's mm. shocking to see people do that. It is. But coming off the back of those two stories that we where we just talked about actual, you know, author... when I use the word authoritarian a lot now because I avoid using fascist because I think when I say fascist, it kind of... Well, I mean, that's a Nazi salute. It's not a fascist salute. Yeah, I know. But this is... But, but it's... See, part of me... And because I understand situationism and I understand protest as a performative tool, I I see it through that lens. Because when you see this happening in Western democracies, when you see this happening in countries where, you know, freedom of speech is upheld, now, now what bit of freedom of speech allows this? Because if this was in Germany, if these people did that... Yeah, it would be shut down immediately. They would be arrested. Mm-hmm. Now, now that... Now, you could say, you could make the argument in a Western civilization that every everything you want to do to express yourself, no matter what, should be allowed. Now, do you can we make that argument in this case? Because this is a count, this is a protest, right? The, actually, the the, the the event was Kelly J. Keane's. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that the picture there. It's. I mean, it's. 30 members of the far-right National Socialist Movement made their way down to Spring Street in support of Miss Keene mm. Minchell's, um, yeah. you know, Posey Parker thing that she's been yeah, doing so, in Australia so, so, on the tour. So, yeah. But, I mean, I was, this, this story comes from News Corp Australia. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not Isn't that Rupert Murdoch's? Rupert Murdoch's. Uh, I don't know who owns it, actually. Wait. Let me just read a bit of the article there. It says, large crowds of protesters from two competing rallies have clashed in the streets of Melbourne over LGBTQI issues as an anti-transgender activist, Kelly J. Keane Minchell, continues her speaking tour of Australia. 
Miss Keen Minchel, who goes by the moniker Posey Parker, is a British woman who found who founded the group Standing for Women. She describes herself as a women's rights activist, but she's mostly known for anti-transgender opinions. It's not suggested she had any link with Saturday's violence. But her controversial yeah. views are believed to have sparked the tense clash between anti-trans and pro-trans activists in front of Victoria's Parliament House. It's and some of the some of the images are, you know, but, terrible. Right. So so there's there's been a lot of talk about Kelly G. J. Keane being linked to the far right and fascism. Well, yeah, and it's I mean, been, when I when I've done it on Twitter, people have played it down and say that's not what she is. She's actually um a niche thing it's not really part it's not connected but we know it is and i've been talking about why it is and now for you to deny that to say that the people because when she when she was in america not long ago she was having the same people turning up at her rallies well so i mean is it, she is she going to question herself is she going to say oh god maybe this has gone too far now maybe well, they, they are there in support of her i mean it, let me just read a bit more that you know the rally attracted a heavy police presence in the area, including officers from the public order response team and the mounted branch. The group of men dressed in black formed multiple Nazi salutes while holding a sign that read destroy pedo freaks. Mm, At least 30 yeah. members of the far right nationalist socialist movement were seen marching down Melbourne's Spring Street in support of mm, Ms. Keen Minshall. The men were all wearing black and some of the marches wore balaclava type masks during the protest. The group was seen shouting slurs at transgender activists and performing the Nazi salute as they stood on the steps of Parliament. You know, yeah. that they're doing that in support of yeah. Kelly J. King. But, but like, the the like, other thing that really surprises me is why on earth did Australia let her in? You know, well, she's, was... she's known to be doing this in the US. She's now doing it. In, why why they let somebody in who's... Well, there was a politician, I forgot kind of his name, and he messaging. was trying to stop her coming. He was. Well, because, he was I mean, the government should say, no, you're not coming in because you, you're going to be doing this kind of... Well, they don't take it seriously because they believe, well, they, the, they believe the message, let women speak. They believe that message is a feminist message and it's nothing to do with. That's the, that's the way, that's why it's more insidious because if she was honest and said, oh, I, I'm an exclusionist, I hate trans people, I don't want them to exist, I, that would be more, it, we'd be able to deal with that better. But the way she gets in the media and the way she gets a message across is by using the language of feminism as a as a smokescreen. And people fall for it. And people in the media pretend to fall for it. Like when she's on telly here, they they, they use the same kind of language and codified kind of standing for women. Um, women need to speak up and, and protecting children and all these things. They're all bogus because the, the real message is hate now yeah i was saying for a long time that kelly j keen is, is she's a is she a performance artist you know there was something about alex jones about you know but at the heart of these people is a motivation that is, well, is not I mean, good okay let's 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 just you know if you were doing something like she's doing and then this group showed up wouldn't you put out some statement to say that they're not associated with me well she tries or to i do, don't but... i don't agree with her she's not done anything like that she's but not put out she... anything she relies on her little foot soldiers that she's created. But she's not online. coming out and saying that this these people shouldn't mm. be doing this. She's not said that. Mm. Which I mean, if you don't say something, that means what? Mm. That you agree with it. Yeah. I mean, these people are there because of you. 
But you see, yeah. my way of dealing with with that is like as like the way to criticize it is in an I I think about it in a creative way. So like I'm a woman, I can speak. So give me that microphone and I'll speak with you. And that will expose the fact that you don't want women to speak. You just yeah. don't want trans women to speak. And so that this, is the This me- tour is going to Perth, Brisbane, Melbourne, Adelaide, Hobart and Canberra. And then it's heading off to New Zealand. And right. see, see, you see another another issue in the media, like in the wider media and, and, and in the online kind of discourse about this is there are philosophical arguments to be had about gender. There are things where say, what is a woman? You can legitimately ask the question, what is a woman? But it's being co-opted by people that just want to be abusive with it. So I could quite happily have a conversation about is trans, you know, how is somebody trans? What What is that thing? What is the innate qualities of somebody that makes them gender non-conforming? But you can never have that conversation now because it's been so polluted and weaponized. And it's these little parasites that can make a little living off it that, that have kind of destroyed intelligent debate. Because I would quite happily sit down and have a conversation with somebody about some of the things Kelly J. Keen pretends to care about. But we can't have that conversation with her. You can't have it with Julie Bindle. You can't have it with Kathleen Stock because the only motivation for them is exclusion and authoritarianism and kind of it borders on terrorism because when you start marginalising people and pointing at certain people and saying they're the problem, you, you should go after them, they're the ones, it's like a kind of terrorism by proxy. Do you know what I mean? I know that's a really strong word, but when you've got these people doing Nazi salutes on the steps of yeah. government buildings in Australia, it ain't good. And yeah. she needs to start looking. And have well, an... I've, I've taken, I've moved on with the image because I couldn't stand looking at it anymore. But... No, because like, you know, for me personally, whenever I, because, you know, I, I'm always really careful about using the words fascism and nazis and things like that because i know that they 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 are loaded now i i I just really you think this is a moment where you, you can't deny the link there you just can't deny it it's like what gary lineker said oh this government is 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 like 1930s germany well there's some fucking truth to that, I'm afraid. And if yeah. the BBC can't handle it and they need to take him off air, that tells you quite a lot about the BBC yeah, and nothing indeed. about Gary Lineker. Right, moving on. <laughs> this next one is a bit lighter. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. Can we have a yeah. drink? Yeah, let's have a drink. Let's have a, let's have a take a deep drink. breath. Take a deep breath. Yeah. Yeah. So this next one, trans filmmakers giving up on Hollywood and carving their own lane. Mm. Exciting stuff is happening. So I think I think this is around, you know, the fact that, you know, a lot of the movies that have come out of Hollywood in the past have been, you know, let's say completely off the mark in terms of trans representation, yeah. etc. Yeah, yeah. Tootsie. Yeah. There's been some really <laughs> bad examples, hasn't there? So no, well, no, I just, let, let me just read out sit, the let me just they read sit out the within the here. time frame, some of them, don't they? So it says the most exciting trans filmmaking is happening far away from the mainstream. 
The history of trans representation in cinema is a fairly bleak one, full of harmful stereotypes that reduce trans people to caricatures. Some films have tried to evoke reality, but instead fell flat by depicting a warped version of the realities of trans experiences. To make matters worse, many films that focus on trans stories have historically cast cisgender actors overlooking talent in the transgender community. Representation can only improve if more trans folk are involved in the writing, producing, casting and acting process of a film. Um, you know, that, yeah, that's all very true. Um, mm. So yeah, but I, think, I, mean... I think what's going on here is that they're just highlighting the fact that there's up and coming filmmakers who you know, are kind of ignoring Hollywood and just doing their own thing. Yeah, I, I think in a way, though, like as a look at from my perspective, I don't necessarily need there to be trans people in a film unless the film is about that. Like, I'm just I'm trying to think of a way of well, you remember this, but... you remember the Danish girl? Yeah, yeah. Eddie Redmayne. I mean, he's come out and said it was a mistake that he and he's promised not to do it again. Mm-hmm. Um, But. I, we seem I mean, like, I don't, I don't specifically have a problem with somebody playing a trans role if they're not trans. I mean, I understand no, no, that's valid, but yeah. the problem is there are no trans actors as such. So, mm. would it be better to, you know, grow that side of the business of the industry? Mm. You know, make make sure that trans actors are being included. You know, if if, we, yeah, if there were got, a lot you've... of trans actors, mm. they were actively in things... movies and things were being portrayed properly. Then it would then it would be okay going. for somebody like Eddie to do that. But, but you've got when there's none got, of that, it's not. You've got two things going on there. You've got trans representation, and then tra- trans women don't necessarily identify as trans. It's just part of, you know, a medical or a, a scientific way of describing. So there are women in cinema that are more likely to be inspired by. Do you know what I mean? Then just because some, you know what I mean? There's, there's that thing of somebody being trans and then a trans actor and, and trans representation is, it's a bit more nebulous in acting and a, a trans role because obviously there are, there is a spectrum of that. And well, I know, I know why it's like, what what's the actress called that was in Orange is the New Black? The Black Lady. I forgot her name now. But, um, you know, if they're good actors and they just get Levine, out... Living Cox, wasn't it? We don't need to notice the trans bit. We just need to notice there's a good actor. And you're not... If you're not playing a... Tra- if you're not playing a story... If it's not part of the story that somebody is trans, it doesn't matter. It's like this film that's come out recently called The Whale about, a you know, somebody that's struggling with obesity. And I'm thinking, yeah, the, this the is terrible. It's yeah. just disgusting, really. And it's it like... You know, I can understand why the Academy wants to award. But I think, to... I think, but like I said, I think, I think the problem is that lack of representation is is the problem. You know, there's, yeah. there's just not that many trans actors. Um, and then you yeah, got but, to but... really, and then the stories are terrible. The way it's, the way it's kind of the, the way the stories are told, it's always the, you know, the the criminal or the the evil trans person or the. It's always, always the story is always based on them being trans, and not just based on normal things. Mm. But I think there's something more. You see, when you deal with film, and you, it's a it's an artist. Is is it? I'm trying to think of a film, but uh, is it a document documentary type of thing, or 
is it something where it's an artistic expression? Because to me, the best films are all gender non-conforming. They're kind of not specific to, do you know what I mean? It's not about men and women. It's not about, it's, it's, it's about something bigger than all that. The actors are just there to tell a story. And if you start bringing identity into it, when it's not necessarily part of the story, I don't think that matters. Well, it's not, I, I just... think, you know, a trans, if there's a trans character in a film, obviously it's going to be portrayed better mm. by yeah. somebody who is trans. You you know, see, it's going, to be, it's going see... to be more authentic. I, want to I mean, see... that's a fact. <laughs> I'll tell you what I want to see. I want to see a John Wick-style film where the lead role is a trans woman and she's just going on a massive revenge <laughs> rampage yeah. against anybody that that's ever called her a man. That's a problem. I'm going to make that film. Fund me. <laughs> I'll be in it. <laughs> but, you know, if, you, well, if that... we were to think about this in, in terms of, you know, other other categories, you know, would you would you have an able actor playing a disabled role? Yeah. You wouldn't, well, would the, you? Well, you see, it's like the tip of the iceberg. You know, there's, it's there's like... like, why? I mean, I can understand this some, from both sides of the argument, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's the, great. You know why? It's the great pro- to the see. problem is there's not enough trans actors. It's, it's great to see people on screen. If you that, are going to do it, that are aspiring. You know, if you're going to do a trans character, make sure you do it right. Mm. But I would, you know, I think it's always better to have a trans actor doing a trans role because it's mm. going to be more authentic and it's going to support yeah. trans actors. Yeah, where, but, and there's just not enough but, of them. But, but until you've got saying, to that kind of parity level, I don't think you should allow mm. non-trans people to. Yeah. Do yeah, but you play those gonna, roles, but it's going to be a long time before we get to that level. No, I don't think there's enough people. I, don't, I mean, I don't know, but I, the thing is with me, if if the, if the character's inspiring, if it's done if it's well, an, and I and I well, want yeah. to see an inspiring woman, I I don't want to see an inspiring somebody just because. Don't want any trans. negative stories. Don't want any kind of. Yeah, that'd be a good stereotypical. Start. Yeah. yeah, so that, that's the, that's the actual that's the starting point. point, isn't it? Yeah, that's the real point. Stop stop using trans as a stooge. Stop yeah. using trans as part. Trans women can be funny, but not because they're trans. You know exactly. what I mean? That'd so go watch stuff. the Disclosure film and then come back and re- revisit this topic yeah. and you'll understand There are very few films, about. right, with powerful, strong female characters that are not also some kind of victim. Because if you look at, like, like I was talking about, you know, have you seen Kill Bill? Yeah. And it's like there's always got to be some trauma and then uh, emancipation kind of story i said well why can't women just be strong <laughs> you know what i mean why do they yeah, have to be beaten the, yeah. why do they have to be beaten raped and abused and exactly. then yeah. and then have to come through the other end you know yeah. that's why i like films you know, like steel magnolias and i like films that have a real kind of have you, have you ever seen the film uh serial mom Serial mum? No, I'm not saying that. No, it's about, she's like a middle-class suburban housewife who becomes a serial killer. Now, now that, being a say, I don't want to inspire anybody to be a serial killer, but the point is, the point is that's the metaphor for, like, breaking out of that suburban kind of, everything's uh, pretentious kind of world. So that's why I like that film. But there are loads of films. So I guess no more tragic storylines or scaremongering against the community is what we're saying, right? Mm. That's has some good quality, you know, strong yeah. and proud characters. So this next one, um, Joyland, 
Yeah. So this is this is a trans film, and one of the executive producers is uh, Malala Yousaf. Sure. But it's but the the film has been banned in Punjab. So let me just read the article. It's quite no an interesting surprise. one. <laughs> so Malala, Malala Yousaf has spoken in defence of Joyland, a film about trans love that has been banned in Punjab. Joyland was to be banned across Pakistan after the government rescinded the film's censorship uh, certification. A statement from the Information and Broadcasting Ministry wrote that the decision came after written complaints of highly objectionable material which went against decency and morality. Although the government made U-turn on this decision on Wednesday, the 16th of November, the Punjab Information and Cultural Department has released a follow-up stating maintaining its ban. It means the film won't be released anywhere in the Punjab region, including the city of Lahore, where the film is based. So, first of all, I was surprised that Malala Yousaf was involved in this film as an executive producer. I mean, I didn't know she did that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and she's she's written in defense of the film. Um, when a film like Sadax rises up working class of trans characters and women struggling to assert themselves against rigid and very real mm-hmm. social norms, we turn away. Um, in doing so, we reject the spectacular talent of Pakistani artists that a film like Joyland represents. So yeah, yeah. I mean, it's great to see. Well, this is somebody uh, like Malala involved in that, mm. and it, you know, it kind of ties into the previous story about people moving yeah. away from Hollywood well, this, to try and do these films. Yeah, but then it, I mean, but how, then it gets banned in somewhere narrow... like Punjab region, you know, because of religious sentimentalities, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I just, I, I think it's it, it's not really about trans representation though, because this is a story about you know films. In, in, in as a documentation, as a documentary, you know, and it, and I can always think it's really like because I don't. I mean, why it's good? I mean, I'm glad that it's got getting made, and I want to see it. But I want to, I want to see things that you know are not related to so, so many tragedies. <laughs> you know, I think it's like sometimes yeah. I watch a film with my mom, and it's not just the the fact that there's no gay representation or trans representation it's just because the the, the lot a lot of films are kind of created by a kind of uh what would you say like a committee of writers and they tend to be male <laughs> and a lot of stories get don't get made because you know there's no they don't they don't think they're going to appeal to anybody because obviously you have to make money if you're a filmmaker and there's a big gamble on making something that doesn't appeal to millions of people. So, so there, but, there's just, just a bit I want to read out here. The film starring transgender actri- actress Alina Khan, who plays Bieber, a trans starlet, was the first Pakistani film to be selected for mm-hmm. Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. It follows... Um, Hader, which was played by Ali Junjo, a married man who falls in love with Bieber after joining a dance troupe and had been put forward for an Oscar consideration. Mm. So Can also spoke about the bands telling The Guardian 
I've been very I've been very sad that there's nothing against Islam and I don't understand how Islam can be endangered by mere films. Can also opened up about her experiences growing up as a transgender person in Pakistan, adding, my family did not accept me, but neither did society. Mm. You well, know, they say, you know, Troyland have... received standing ovations and accolades at Cannes. So it sounds yeah. like a really good film. I don't think it's out yet. But well, film's really powerful, that. isn't it? You know, if, uh, if you know, cinema and, you know, media is really powerful, so... The reason people get, I mean, she's they send a, a Mia film, but the reason is there's always negative reaction is because people understand the power of a message like that. I think and it might have come out in November, but I've not seen it advertised anywhere. Mm. Keep an eye out for that one. Yeah. Well, I tried Netflix. Very it's not there. Yeah, I had one. It's not there. <laughs> we'll definitely watch that one. So uh, we're going to talk, what was that? Um, were we, are we going to talk about this virtual trans summit? <laughs> yes. That is the next one. This is a weird story for me. Because I'm not like, it, what it is, it's, it's like a, it's a, a professionals kind of, trans professionals getting together to have a bit of a powwow. <laughs> I don't so know. Pink, you know what? Pink News is hosting this. It's going to be the first virtual trans plus summit for workplace professionals. So yeah. Pink News is pleased to announce it'll be hosting a virtual this is it's all it's all online this virtual trans plus summit on Thursday eleventh of May mm. all day nine till five um and it's being sponsored by EY and Publix. Mm. So there's several um kind of well known speakers from the community that are gonna be you know speaking and presenting. Um, Rico Jacob Chance, Ella Slade, Rachel Reese, mm. Tate Smith. It's all it's all positive. I think. I mean, yeah, I, it's, it's all positive. I think. I just I think the cost of the event is something that yeah, you know, tickets you... tickets are quite expensive. I think so. If you're not if you're not being sponsored by your I mean, mm. company, you know, I don't think individual trans people mm. will be able to. Mm. Or willing to pay to attend it? I think it's like 170 quid a ticket. Mm. It's all online. I'm just, I'm just wondering why that is. I mean, I'm absolutely behind the event and what they're doing. I mean, just to well, read out what it's about. It's, it's very corporate, corporate. Event and it's like I suppose it's like you know they, they can set it, the price. The, they it's can, the, it's yeah. a market. If, it, if there's a market for it, that's yeah. the price. Well, I mean, they produce the ticket I mean, price. And they didn't sell they're it. They're going to have costs, of course. But you know, the summit, which is the first event series of its kind in the UK offers businesses, not-for-profits, charities and HR professionals the opportunity to improve their knowledge of the trans and non-binary community, as well as be provided with a foundation-level understanding of what support and actions are required in the workplace. Mm. You know, so it's, I mean, there's speakers there from Wix, EY, Global Butterflies, Transactional UK, IBM. So there's a big, some big companies, big organisations, Trevor mm. Foundation, you know. So, I mean, it's, what they're doing and the reasons for doing it are great. The only thing that I'm a bit, yeah, why they're doing that is why they're charging so much. It's an online event. Maybe you know, maybe forty quid would have been better or something. I no know. idea, to be honest. So, I mean, so I, like, I, this you know, isn't people, something I would normally know about, but I'm sure you've been to these kind of things. Well, I mean, it's I've been to Trans in the City. I mean, mm. that's that comes with a ticket, but it's free if you if your corporation has sponsored it or you know you get a ticket for free for for whatever reason i mean these events are great for promoting trans non-binary issues within you know corporates mm. 
But what I worry about is the fact that if you're not involved in that area and you are trans, you're not going to get, you won't be able mm. to attend this because it's expensive. Mm. Well, you know, I can't imagine anybody who's, you know, struggling at the moment with you know the way things I'm, are, being able to afford a £175 ticket to do an online yeah, event for the day. It's, it's just, it, it's, I don't know. It's a very small club of people that can, but but in a way, you kind of hope that like maybe maybe the, something positive will come of this. I hope so. Like, say you're working for a company and they can they can afford to do that. Yeah, but I mean, the then, things they're doing with it are are all amazing, great. I'm not things. sure what the outcomes are, but I mean, a bit disappointed with the price. Because yeah. I, I won't be sure, able to. I'm attend not sure this. what the trans element of this is. You know, I mean, like I'm sure. Well, I mean, I won't be able to attend because I know that my although my company do sponsor things. They probably wouldn't sponsor me for this, yeah. Because it's kind of a, it's a bit of a, I don't know, it's yeah. a bit of a one-off online event. Other online events I attend that nobody has to pay for. Um, See the, um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a bit strange. If you were going to like, a, if you went to a place where it's actual a physical event, mm. and they're feeding and feeding you and giving you drinks, and it's kind of like a corporate, I can understand why you have to pay a little bit more. But this is online, and mm. it's like. I won't. I know I won't be attending. I'd like to, but I'm not well, going to. I mean, that's, but, I mean, obviously they have costs and whatever they want yeah. to charge. It's up to them. It's a free, you know, free market. Free market. And they, they business people know all about that. Yeah. But uh, the thing, the thing for me about something like the only time I've ever really known anything, right? Because when I've done stuff with the union, which is a completely different kettle of fish, really. But you know, like when they'll have a panel, but you, you know, you have to pay a little bit to be a part of. To, towards the event or something like that, and you know, like network opportunities, aren't they really? And as long as that event, filters though, down to uh, the employees, but this event, you know, it's got some really heavy duty corporates in it. Surely they could fund it for everybody who wanted to attend. Yeah, you know, and 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 this might just be the most boring story we've ever. Had. It might be. It's the most corporate <laughs> story we've ever. Done. I don't know but you know, if you've got companies, uh, you know, along the lines of the one being involved in this. Have you? These are big international companies who could, you know, waive fees and say, yeah, okay, it's going to be free for everybody. Anybody who wants to come along, come along. You know, you can restrict numbers. I'm not saying don't restrict your numbers if you need to, but does it really need to be that expensive? (laughs) £175 for an online event? Yeah. It's not like there's going to be a disco after with some bingo entertainment. But the speakers are great. (laughs) I mean, Tate Smith, I met Tate. Yeah, really nice. Whenever guy. I go to an event, whenever I go to a thing, my first question is, when's the bingo? <laughs> when's when's the raffle? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that's not that's kind of really out of my remit, that kind of corporate world. But, you know. I'm sure it's going to be good. I'm hoping maybe they'll put out the information later for free. Maybe that's how they're going to do it. I don't know. Maybe this um, next story will have something more to say about <laughs> the uh, the woman of the year. Uh, yeah, so our last story to today. This, is it Megan Rapino? I think it's Rapine. Oh, right, okay. Rapino. Not quite sure. Yeah, yeah, There's been old. some difficult pronunciations today. R-A-P-I-N-O-E. Did I get that right? Um yeah. So Megan, let's just call her Megan. Megan has dedicated... Dedicates her Time Woman of the Year Award to the trans community. Two-time World one. Cup winner, lesbian icon Megan Rapine, has dedicated her prestigious Woman of the Year Award to the trans community. 
That's amazing. Um, she's been outspoken about equal pay in sports alongside LGBTQ rights. I'm just looking um, her up on Twitter now because I'll be honest with you, I hadn't heard of this person before you mentioned it to me earlier. Yeah, well, she's. And, and if I'm you'd watched the Women's World Cup, you'd, you'd probably know about her. Addressing, I mean, there, are a lot of, there are a lot of people in that event. <laughs> yeah. Addressing the audience at the gala, the football star said, We all know what's going on in our country. And with the attempted erasure of trans people, she then proceeded to dedicate the award to the transgender community. So I'm not sure if that means we're all going to get to hold it for a weekend or not. I don't know. (laughs) It just means it just means it just means there's somebody out there who's thinking about which is seen, you know, people see what goes on in the media. She's probably got friends who are trans and non-binary and she reads Twitter a bit. And it's just a way of saying, yeah, we've got you back, you know, because these events like the World Cup, they're huge events, aren't they? And they're, they get a lot of criticism when they try and include or, you know, do something positive for the LGBTQ community. And I think it's great when somebody with a platform, you know, with a kind of media clout that somebody like yeah. that can have. I mean, she's come out with some really, some really kind of supportive statements. There are a lot of people out there, though, that have so much media power and they just use it for really negative, pointless lobbying for things mm. that, that actually harm people. <laughs> like, so uh, let me just read out some of the things she's been quoted as saying. Um, Rapine praised the, I'm going to say Rapine, that might be wrong, I don't know. But she praised the trans community saying, the way they refuse to live their life any other way than completely whole is so inspiring. I'm inspired mm-hmm. by the invitation to be completely myself. They offer us a full view of what it means to be human in the world, a whole opportunity to be the crazy ass human beings that we are. That's crazy that's a great beings. gift. Crazy like ass human beings. I'm definitely a crazy ass human being. You are. I think she was talking about you. <laughs> you see, I like to think, you know, if I was a sports star or if I was, you know, had a bit of clout, I'd be out there and I'd be, you know, doing it's not a big gesture, is it? It's not like a big deal to just say, you know what? Can you just be a bit nicer to the trans people? <laughs> That's all it comes down to. I mean, she didn't have to do that, did she? But she's but people. Know, but you see, the thing is, like, you'll nice notice, thing. you'll notice, like, in the big, call it a big media, like on the BBC, and uh, you got people like Piers Morgan and this, you know, and they're always asking celebrities like loaded questions, which, which they, they, it's like clickbait all the time, and getting getting celebrities to venture opinions on things that they know sod all about, and then. They'll 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 repeat that story as if it's come out of their mouth without prompting. So that happened. It happened a lot, you know, when they were asking about what do you think uh, is uh, do you think trans women are women and things like that. So if you if you're not clued up with the debate and you just ask a random celebrity like that, they'll say, oh, I don't know, I, I'm not sure about that. And should trans women be in sport and uh, women's sports? They'll probably say, oh, I don't know about that because there's some sort of disparity. And if they say if they just venture they, rather than saying, oh, I don't know. <laughs> they'll make the mistake and then they'll get doubled down on it and they'll they'll go into this period of being attacked for it and then it's and then how do they deal with that sometimes some of them go the go completely anti-trans then because they've been dragged into a debate they didn't even want to be in you know but that's that's what i say so it, 
you know, why are they not? I mean, I know I'm being idealistic and I know I'm being a bit like, oh, God, why isn't the world out just how I want it? But <laughs> it feels like there's so many people that could just say, oh, hang on a minute. Do you know what I mean? Like, why isn't Fiona Bruce leaning over the table and going, for fuck's sake, can you just shut up? Leave me alone. I just I just want to value the antiques. <laughs> what was all the programme she used to do with the art? Fake or fortune. Oh, fake or fortune, yeah. That was my tweet. Fiona Bruce, fake or fortune, question mark. <laughs> Both is the answer. It was very well, they, they see, class, they, well, see, see, we don't know. Right, let's not pick on Fiona Bruce. We don't know Fiona Bruce. We're not allowed to know Fiona Bruce because Fiona Bruce is not allowed to have an opinion of her own because she works on the BBC. But when she see what is that, that the way thing, the BBC is going? If you work for the BBC, you can't have an opinion. Doesn't matter know, what, what area of the BBC you work no, in. You, know, you just like can't have she, an opinion unless it matches the corporate uh, stance. Is that, was it last that Thursday on Question Time when somebody mentioned Boris Johnson's dad? Uh, being a had a history of domestic violence, and she had to go hang on a minute. Um, she was sort of like, "Oh, we need we need both sides of this argument." Yeah. So, no, well, we that's don't. What she got in trouble with. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? I'm we backtracking did. a bit. Backtracking. Anyway, I've, I've, we're back to our full size selves now. Right. Well, I'm going to say that there was a lot of heavy topics. There was a lot. Of I mean, heavy we're talking there. about obviously. I'm not um, going to start going on about Ali Keen too much again because I just think it's reached a point now where it's beyond the pale and I've done a lot of moaning and writing and generally just wasting my time on it and what I feel like now is like I've I just see it was oh, a, a bad joke and I wish the media, I wish some people like if you look at the way the Australian media have looked at her that's the way our media should yeah. be looking at her. And yeah. Julie Bindle and Kathleen Stark and uh, Helen Joyce and Gary, uh, Graham Linehan. I nearly said Gary Glitter then. <laughs> uh, I don't want to confuse those two people. Uh, Graham Linehan. And that's how our media should be doing the same job. But what is different? What is the difference in Australia? Is they're not as centralised as a media group, are they? I don't. You I know, don't know. You know when people sure, say, I'm, "I don't know a lot about that all particular the Australian media outlet that we quoted there." All but, the newspapers and media sources we get come out of probably one or two streets in London. It, I mean, it did seem to be one of the only articles that I've seen recently, which does actually point out the realities of what was going on there. You well, at the yeah, T Junction, not, I don't think we'd be seeing that on the BBC, would we? At the T-junction of Fleet Street is Tufton Street and Westminster. And make of that what you will. And on that note, on that bombshell. <laughs> that was me dropping my mic. That wasn't your mic, it was your vape. Anyway. <laughs> vape drop. <laughs> vape drop. That's a new thing there, vape drop. I'm really sorry about that story about corporate fans, people doing corporate things. That was her idea. <laughs> Well, it's. I mean, I think it's a great thing that they're doing. My only, my only problem with it, with it, is the price of the <laughs> online tickets. Yeah. That's just like what is going on there. <clears throat> it's a corporate event, and they've corporate, I it. guess, I guess, if it's just for corporate people with company sponsorship, maybe it's okay. But it yeah. might. You know what? You never know, Vicky. You might buy a ticket, and and it'd be absolutely amazing. You might meet somebody at that event that could change your life. 
and I'm not I'm not being facetious. That can happen because like when I've been to random events and just the re the only reason I was on that panel at the LGBT Foundation last week was because I met one person who said, "Would you like to do it?" Because I've seen the stuff you've been doing, you know. And that that's it. You might just meet one random person or get in a conference with. This is the thing about it being online though that bothers me because that's a bit of a less. You know what I mean? It feels a bit more impersonal, but that, you know, lots anyway. of things. I'm not going to keep going on about that, but no. anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I think you've got to go shopping now, haven't you? I do. Yes. I've got to go off to the shops. And buy some I've got stuff. to assemble a new computer. I've you got... gonna, are you going to try and make this one work? It's like the well, third bought... attempt, isn't it? No, yeah, I bought a laptop. That was rubbish. Then I bought a PC and I bought the wrong spec because uh, I want to use a 4K camera so everybody can see how beautiful I am, obviously. <laughs> but it's going to show me flaws, isn't it, 4K? I better, I better wear more makeup and get more injections. Oh, you could just move <laughs> further away from the camera. <laughs> right, I'm going now. Right, I'm going to sign us off. <laughs> Before I make a more of a fool of myself. So thanks for watching. Yeah, bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. Are we going to do no. the song? Oh, are we doing the song? Oh, yeah. Wait, one, two, three. Don't, Don't forget, forget to subscribe. <laughs> You'll never get this right. <laughs> right. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll try again next time. Don't bye forget for to, now. Don't forget to support your local trans person and give them lots of money. <laughs> Not going to happen. Bye.